Welcome to Porch Club Podcast. I am your host, Jess, and today we have Anna Tuttle. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. I have been friends with Anna for seven years now. Six years? Six and a half. Six and a half. Okay. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. And I know Anna because we work together. We get into some shit. We go into Marshalls. We spend all the money. That's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. We get into a lot more shit. And we'll go into detail. But first, Anna is a badass and does many things with your life. She is a volunteer firefighter and EMT. Uh, And she also has been in the Air Force Reserves for seven years, working in an aeromedical evacuation unit. Uh, She's deployed two times uh, to Germany and Kuwait. And she's also a medical claims processor as her nine to five on the outside when she's not saving lives, fighting fires, or (laughs) not flying airplanes. (laughs) 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 But we're in the Air Force. Aside from her career, she is also a proud dog mom to Cooper, the golden retriever, who is five months old. The best boy. He is so cute. I just met him for the first time over the weekend, and he's so, he's just very excited Mm -hmm. and expressive. Like the most personality ever in a dog. Do you love him more than... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Insert literally anything. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Incredible. Okay, well, usually I've been, I've just kind of been winging these podcasts, but Anna and I kind of had an idea of what we wanted to talk about today. So this is one of my first episodes not winging it, which is exciting. And there's a little bit of relief there as well. So the first thing that we want to talk about is spontaneity. And this plays a huge role in our friendship. Was it the first year that we met, that we did this? Yeah. Okay. Like four months into working together. We were supposed to go on a work trip to Hawaii, and um, we literally showed up to work with our bags packed. And that day, like three hours before the flight, um, they told us, hey, you guys aren't going, actually. (laughs) We prepared, like, entirely too much for that trip, like watching Moana the night before. Mm -hmm. We were so emotionally invested. And last minute, we were told we were not going on this trip. So what did we do, Anna? Uh, We went anyways. No one's going to tell us not to go. (laughs) No one's going to fucking tell us we can't go to Hawaii. (laughs) Especially when when those expectations have already been set Mm -hmm. to go to one of the most magical places in the world. Like most magical. Yeah, absolutely. So we, not like 20 minutes after we were heartbroken, we're like, fuck it. We bought flights out of the JFK airport, which is in New York City, which if you don't know, is a good seven and a half hour drive from Buffalo Mm -hmm. because the flights from Buffalo were outrageous. Okay, I also have to pause really quickly. If you hear guitar music, that is my landlord upstairs playing guitar. I feel like this is my third time apologizing (laughs) for having upstairs neighbors. I just feel like I have to call it out every time. I'm sorry for the background noise. Mm -hmm. Anyways, yeah, we booked it to the JFK airport. We slept in the JFK airport, got on the flight in the wee hours of the morning. Um, and then we get to Hawaii, a little sleep deprived, completely delirious. Most of that was just my excitement, though. I think I cried as soon as while we were still in the airport, there was like a little outdoor bridge thing that you had to walk across. And I saw a palm tree or mm-hmm. was it a banyan tree? It was a banyan tree. It was a banyan tree, which is my favorite fucking tree in the world. 
if you don't know banyan trees, you should Google the pictures. They are these magnificent trees that grow these branches that come down and become part of the root system so they can get really wide and they just look so magical. Um, anyways, saw my banyan tree, first one ever in real life, and I cried immediately. Um, what were your thoughts when we first landed? It was like disbelief. As soon as we walked out of the airport, I was like, there's no way I'm actually in Hawaii, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it all happened so fast, too, which mm-hmm. I think played a huge element into the disbelief and like, what the fuck is happening? What yeah. are we doing? It's like, am I in a dream? Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, we did so much stuff. Like, how do we cram it all in that much <laughs> yeah, time? we did a lot. We went snorkeling. And I remember at one point looking over and Anna is freaking out. And she's like flailing her arms in the water and pointing down. And I thought I was going to look down and see a shark about to come <laughs> swallow me whole. I'm like, I remember just this brief second of panic. I'm like, this is it. <laughs> this is the end of my life. And I look down and beneath us, there is a wild pod of dolphins. Probably like, what, 10 of them? At least. Oh my God. They were everywhere. I was crying in my mask. It All was- I wanted to do was see a sea turtle. I was like, I'll be so satisfied if I just see a sea turtle and because there was that that pipe that ran under with the hot water that came out of it or hot air or whatever it was. Yeah. Turtles love that. And a turtle came up, he drifted up, and then he drifted back down. And then I heard the dolphins and I was like, there's no way. And that was our first full day in Hawaii, right? So that's like, I don't know, this feels like a really magical welcome to the island. Was that the same day that we woke up super early and we had to like run to see the sunrise? At that one beach? I think it was. We, like, drove to the one side of the island. Yeah, we, we did. we ran out. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say that was on the east side of the island. Mm-hmm. So we drove to the east to catch a sunrise. Then we drove to that beach, which was on the west, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's the same day at night we caught that really magical sunset. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At a different beach, still on the west coast, I think, maybe a little bit up more north. And I remember just, like, sitting on this beach, and we... We were with our two friends, and there were, like, these locals that were walking on a slack line between trees. Oh, my gosh. So we just joined them, and we hung out with them. And I remember I remember the name of one of the guys. because it like Kai. Kai, yeah. Because he was a skydiving instructor, and mm-hmm. I think his Instagram was, like, Kai does skydive or something like that. Mm-hmm. Kai skydive. Um, just, like, these really rad people that had really cool stories. And that was at least one of the most magnificent sunsets I've ever seen in my life, still to this day. That's where we saw the uh, the, lo- the tree from Lost, and we climbed up the inside of it. <gasps> the giant banyan tree. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. the same beach. And I lost my shit because <laughs> Lost is one of my favorite shows, or was at least, at that time. So that was really cool. God damn, that was so good. That trip was so much fun. I think that was like when I... Because spon- being spontaneous always scared me because... You know, you never, it's uncertain. And mm-hmm. I have the fear of the uncertainties. And uh, that kind of helped me step out of my shell and realize that, like, being spontaneous isn't bad. Like, 100%. some of the best things come out of being spontaneous. Like swimming with dolphins, I mean. <laughs> a thousand percent agree. And I think that, for me, started a chain reaction of these really big spontaneous things that mm-hmm. I started doing. So I remember shortly after that, I went to a concert in Philadelphia. And that was a last minute decision because this music artist from Ireland, David Keenan, you should check him out. He does a lot of folk stuff, but it's really good. Um, So I went to see him at the small venue in Philadelphia. And 
there weren't many people at the show and I showed up super early. It was just me and this other girl named Haley and her mom that were there from Virginia. And so because we were there super early and it was just us, the music artist, David, he was there as well. And he ended up like getting a drink with us before the show. And we were all just talking. That's so cool. It was so fun. Haley and I were just talking about how obsessed we were with Ireland because we had both been there. And we got to talking and we were joking around like, oh my God, we should just go there together. And then we realized that we were both being serious. And then I get back from Philadelphia the next day. I'm like, are we, should we do this? And we like booked plane tickets within the next couple of weeks. And we didn't go until it was like six months later. But just the fact that we were like, we met at this concert, we booked the tickets, and then we ended up going on also a really magical, cool trip. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like this is my spiritual assessment of it. But I feel like <laughs> when you do things like that, when you step outside of your comfort zone, the universe kind of rewards you mm-hmm. with these really incredible magical experiences. Yeah. Like, who else just, like, randomly goes to, like, Hawaii and gets to swim with, you know, dolphins and sea turtles at the same time and gets to see as much as we did and have, like, perfect weather the whole time? Yeah, start to finish. Like, perfection. Mm -hmm. It really felt like a blessing. Yeah, it (laughs) definitely was. The universe saying, here's your reward. Spontaneity has its place for sure, and I can't recommend it enough like yeah. it doesn't ha- you don't have to be like all right well fuck it i'm gonna book a flight to hawaii for tomorrow it doesn't yeah. have to be that extreme <laughs> it can be something really small like you know what i'm just gonna go to this random concert tonight mm-hmm. because you never know what's gonna happen you yeah. don't know who you're gonna meet or how it'll inspire you yeah or like if you won't be able to do that someday and you miss all your opportunities to be able to do it so true mm-hmm. yeah that like seize the moment energy will definitely save you a lot of regret yeah and it's like people are always like oh i have this much money in my bank account i'm like that's great like good for <laughs> you but i have like all these places i went to and people i met and things i got to see so so with that with like those people that are like okay but i'm saving my question is always or i guess like my sentiment is always follow the why why are we mm-hmm. doing this why do you want to save money yeah and like some people have really valid like well i'm actually saving to buy a house I'm like okay okay that's valid, valid. you know yeah. or like certain things i get it but some people are like well i'm saving so when i retire i can enjoy my life and that's where i have to pause <laughs> and say tomorrow's not promised i'm exactly. 27 i might not make it to 28 mm-hmm. so this i not that you should go blow all your money but like the idea of retirement i think is america's biggest scam here's this promise that we're going to give you this really romanticized version of what your life could be as long as you grind and work all your best years away yeah and it's such a scam even if you make it to retirement age if you are still alive who's to say you are gonna have like the physical ability to do the things that you want to do yeah like the likelihood of you being super mentally and physically healthy is not super likely not to Mm -hmm. be bleak again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I don't know that's my whole spiel it's like why are you saving money why are we doing this what do you want out of life keep asking those questions like really sit down and figure out what it is you want out of life yep. and if you're living your most authentically joyful life or if you're just doing something because you feel like culturally this is just what you're supposed to do and you're checking boxes that's how like my mom has never been one to be spontaneous and she's always like oh I really want to go somewhere but like no I'll do it like when I retire whatever and 
her having that mentality and me having the mentality that I do, Mother's Day, I think it was like two years ago, I was like, pack your bags because we're going to Hawaii because she's always wanted to go there. And I'm like, I mean, I could I could use another trip to Hawaii, but mm-hmm. I like wanted to show her like, it's okay to just go, like book the trip, take the trip. Yes. You know? And she had like the time of her life. She was so much fun, but it was cool to be able to show her like, this is okay. Yeah. Take the time to enjoy life. Yeah. Do you feel like that had any lasting impact on her? Absolutely. Hawaii is somewhere she's always wanted to go and same. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely, I think it brought her out of her shell. And she was like, by like the third day, she was like, let's go here. Let's go there. And she was like all for it. Just like coming up with ideas. But at first I was like, you know, I was the ringleader. I was like, okay, we're going to go here, here and here. Cause she was kind of nervous, but mm-hmm. yeah. Now she's like, she's like, let's go again. When are we going again? She's like, I'll buy this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible to see and hear. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about spontaneity is I think you already mentioned it before. It does force you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And the more you get out of your comfort zone, the more positive and lasting impact it's going to have on you. Yeah. Like not to sound super cliche, but growth truly is always on the other side of your comfort zone couldn't agree more right yeah (laughs) because if you think about it when you put yourself outside your comfort zone and you do spontaneous things or they don't even have to be spontaneous but when you're intentional about putting yourself outside of your comfort zone you are going to be presented with new challenges which the more challenges you're faced with and overcome the more confidence you're going to have navigating life the more adaptability you're going to have because you've learned how to conquer all of these different life circumstances that are thrown at you and it just opens your your eyes to many more perspectives and yeah god it just really gets you gets you growing and going Mm -hmm. (laughs) i feel like our generation is more more built around being spontaneous than like my parents generation you know because they were the ones that were always like we need to save all this money and Mm -hmm. working like five days a week you know the whole 40 hours and i'm over here like I wasn't built to do that. Like, I don't want <laughs> yes. to. I don't want to have the 40-hour work week and two days out of the week to, like, do what I want to do. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There's definitely this huge shift in challenging the norms with millennials and even more with Gen Zers. Like, I'm excited to see what that generation does. Yeah. Millennials are like, okay, I'm rejecting this. And Gen Zers are like fuck off (laughs) you know like absolutely not I feel like there's just level of boldness and uh, I don't know I'm excited I'm excited to see how things progress with these younger generations yeah so since we took that trip how do you feel overall much more open to ideas and just going and doing things like sometimes I'll just like take myself out to eat like I don't need someone else there I'll just go and do it if I feel like it and I don't know like being able to spread my wings and like go places without people like when I was in Germany I could take trips you know just me or me and one other person or like show someone something Mm -hmm. because I'm not afraid to like go out there you know yeah when other people are and I feel like when other people are nervous and I'm not it gives me like that much more drive to be like come come (laughs) let's (laughs) go oh that like rippling effect where it's like I have experienced this and I need you to experience this Mm, yes I love that Fortune favors the bold is one of my favorite quotes ever. And now that I say it, I, I can't even remember who said it. I want to say Eleanor Roosevelt, but now I can't remember. But you should ask your uh, chat. <laughs> okay, so you should also tell the people about this because, like, <laughs> other people need to know. I feel like 
This isn't a huge discovery because so many people have been talking about it and I feel actually like super late to the game. But I finally downloaded ChatGPT after huffing and puffing and grumbling about AI. I'm like, oh, AI is going to be the downfall of society. And I still kind of stand by that, but I'm like, fuck it all. I will participate. <laughs> so I downloaded ChatGPT and I've just forsaken Google now entirely. And I've asked chat gpt so many questions and if you go to the menu it'll give you like kind of an overview of the topics that you've asked it so <laughs> i oh, downloaded God. this three days ago i want to throw that out there i downloaded this three days ago and here here is the outline of what we've discussed now life's meaning the philosophical perspective moroccan arabic and the understa understanding difficulty delphic maxims overview uh, Pythagoras, math and philosophy, philosophy course outline for philosophy majors, which by the way, it created a whole college outline for me. So if I ever want to be a philosophy college professor, I already have the whole scope. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Who and, needs school? <laughs> wait, but this one I skipped and I didn't mean to. Why do lobsters turn red? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so it's like these really deep, profound things. And it's like, why do lobsters turn red? Oh, see, it just like, it goes in. The phrase fortune favors the bold is often attributed to the ancient Roman poet and military commander Virgil. However, variations of this sentiment can be found in different cultures and historical periods, reflecting the idea that taking risks or being courageous can lead to success or good fortune. So I was way off with Eleanor as well, <laughs> but that's cool. See, I and it just like has these really great responses and it's just way better than just googling it and it'll give you one name not me downloading it and already asking it a question <laughs> what'd you just ask it well i was just looking through the bottom when you can like scroll through the questions and mm -hmm. it says create a workout plan for me and i asked it to and it like asks you what your goals are and it'll build you a literal workout plan that is so cool right <laughs> great now i know what i'm gonna be doing with my time for the next three weeks <laughs> my work productivity this week i mean it's tuesday so it's been two days but it's been significantly worse than my normal work productivity because of chat gpt i've just been going on philosophical rabbit trails and now i'm quite certain that i'm adding it as a minor when i go back to school i think you should i'm <laughs> i'm here for it <laughs> Anyways, I majorly digress, so we can yeah. jump into our other topic, unless there's anything else you'd like to add. Oh no, let's jump head first. <laughs> okay, this is kind of the op- I think it ties in really well with spontaneity. It does. But it is also like the opposite side of the pendulum in the same breath. So yes. I'm going to hit the transition button because okay. we need some kind of transition to start talking about this. Now let's talk about death. <laughs> Death! <laughs> oh, dear God. Ready to get morbid? Yes. The other thing that we really wanted to talk about today was death and what happens after we die. And obviously no one knows, but we can talk about our feelings and our best guesses. And Anna, this is a topic that you brought to me that you wanted to cover. So let's start here. Why did you want to talk about death today? We're going to rabbit hole. <laughs> All right. Because death is like, death is too uncertain for me. There's nothing saying what happens after you die. Sure, you have the Bible and, like, people that believe that you go to heaven or hell. But I don't know. Like, I'm just – it's too uncertain for me because we can't ask someone that's already dead, like, hey, what's it like? Like, how did you get there? What are you experiencing? And it's just – it freaks me. The whole thing freaks me out so bad because I'm afraid of uncertainty, and I know you're not. So I feel like this is going to be, like, a good clash. Yeah. We're going to get both sides, but – 
like a big topic is what was I before I was Anna? Mm. What were you before you were Jess? Like we don't have any memory. We just know ourselves, but Mm -hmm. who's to say like what deja vu? Okay. Wait, this is a great place to start because I, I have jumped around so many different spiritualities and religions and like I grew up Baptist and then I was non-denominational Christian and then I just left Christianity um, completely behind and I've just kind of followed what feels right for me and for so for the question what was I before I was Jess what I've landed on that feels right and I'm just going off of vibes here oh boy <laughs> what you got oh my god and I'm not I'm, I don't have anything really specific I'm, I'm not gonna be like yeah I was a nurse in World War II and <laughs> I was blown up no I don't <laughs> I have nothing specific just generally speaking I believe in reincarnation and I do believe in past lives and while I don't remember my past identities I do kind of think that sometimes we have these gut feelings or these moments of deja vu for a reason. And I think some of that is attributed to past lives. Like, do you ever meet someone and you just have this feeling of familiarity Mm -hmm. and you're just like, I feel like I know you from somewhere. I feel like I've known you my whole life, but you've never met before. Mm -hmm. And my spiritual assessment of that (laughs) is... We've known each other in a past life. Like, your soul is familiar to my soul, even though I have no idea what that identity was and I have no idea who you were to me. I have this feeling about you because I have met you before in a different lifetime. And I feel that way about deja vu. Sometimes I think there is a scientific explanation and maybe that accounts for a lot of it. But I also feel like some deja vus are so vivid and specific that it's like, holy fucking shit. No, I actually really did this before Mm -hmm. but maybe not in this lifetime yeah or like you know what somebody's about to say or like you just have like this great epiphany of like i have literally been here in this exact spot doing this exact same thing talking about the exact same thing Mm -hmm. before yeah it's so weird which which then begs the question because time is such a weird construct and it's something that i don't think we can fully grasp and it's so non-linear and it's infinite so it's like have I also lived this lifetime before Mm -hmm. is this like my second or third time doing this exact life oh that's weird is that a weird concept that is weird because then that plays into the argument of well do we have free will or is everything mapped out and predestined yeah so (laughs) I've thought about that too like is there something higher that is like playing a role in what we do where we go Mm -hmm. who we are you know Mm -hmm. like I don't know, almost like we're, like, players in a game. Like, that one movie with uh, Jim Carrey. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, The Truman Show. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's, like, I've thought about that, too. Like, I don't know. Because, I mean, I I feel like us as humans are very oblivious to things. And I feel like there could just be something, you know, Yeah. that's, like, controlling or, like, helping us along our way. Yeah. Okay, so I do believe in reincarnation, but I also believe in God. <laughs> I don't yeah. think those truths really contradict each other. Um, I believe in God both as a separate entity, but also as something that is alive in all of us and alive mm-hmm. in all living things. So I believe that I am just a little piece of God, and I believe that you are a little piece of God and that we're all connected. And I don't know, there's that aspect of it. I also like don't necessarily not believe in heaven. 
I, I would love to think that death is a choose your own adventure kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I'm going to go chill in heaven with the homies before I drop down to another life. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I just don't believe in is hell. And that's because for me, and this is not to discredit any religions out there, this is just a me thing. But for me, I just can't reconcile, like, if if a God is unconditionally loving, I can't imagine them sending someone to eternal damnation and pain. So maybe, I don't know, who know, maybe, like, our human lives, that is hell. And it's like, nope, go back, try again. Yeah. <laughs> and you can go into heaven good. when you get it right, you know? That's a good concept, actually. I never thought about it like that. I That is a much more benevolent, like... I love you unconditionally, so I'm going to give you another chance. I'm actually yeah. going to give you an unlimited number of chances because I love you so much Yeah, that I can understand. Because me, I wouldn't send my worst enemy to help. <laughs> right. <laughs> the way that it's been taught to me growing up, I wouldn't. And yeah. like, there's no way I would be more merciful than an unconditionally loving God. So that's my spiel. <laughs> <laughs> so on that topic, how do you feel, like, what are your thoughts on like divine intervention? Okay. I feel like I have a lot of thoughts on divine intervention. Is there like a certain context you're thinking? Okay, so thinking that like your path crossed with someone else's path, like there was a little bit of divine intervention that like kind of pushed you guys together or like you're driving home from work and you know, you stop to get coffee and then you get back on the road and because you stopped for coffee, that prevented you from getting into like a terrible car accident. But, like, people are like, oh, my God, thank God. Like, but that's, like, some people think that's divine intervention. Like, you thought to stop for coffee or, like, there was a car in your way. Like, Mm -hmm. some people don't pass cars that are going slow because they think that God put them there to, like, slow them down. Mm. I believe in it a thousand percent. I believe it's happening every day. I kind of do believe that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, I don't know. I feel like there's been a lot of divine intervention in my life. Like, I almost died when I was 13. Did I ever tell you that story? The appendix story? I don't know. I think you did. Okay. I'll just retell it for the listeners. I'm so... I feel like I'm tangenting a lot, and I feel like I I have more questions for you, I promise. that's okay. (laughs) I mean, go off. Okay. So, when I was 13, I believe it was a couple weeks before my 14th birthday, I started getting these really strong stomach pains. And um, just a little bit of context, my parents' parenting style when it comes to medical issues are like you know just sleep it off <laughs> like they have six kids they, and unfortunately this is a situation where they should have taken it more seriously <laughs> but i started getting these really sharp abdominal pains and my mom said it's the stomach flu it'll go away well after two weeks it didn't go away two weeks yeah oh so my. i at this point was immobilized and i couldn't move what had happened was i went septic and mm. i was really close to dying and thank God I was finally taken to the emergency room. Um, what had happened was there was a small perforation in my appendix that slowly grew and all this infection was now inside of my abdominal region. They couldn't even operate by the time I got to the hospital. They said if they had, it would be like a 12 inch scar. From Holy shit. My, yeah, from like my, uh, just below my belly button all the way up to my sternum or collarbone or something yeah. like that. So what they did was they put a draining tube in me and I had that there for two months, then had to go back to have the rest of my appendix taken out once the infection went down at the end of December. And then I think it was almost a full year before I was fully recovered. And I remember, honestly, 
I don't remember much from that time because of how depressed I was. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I really understood the gravity of what was happening. Like, I didn't realize at the time that I was dying (laughs) or almost dying. And But I've thought about this so much in my adult life. And that, to me, like the fact that I'm still here feels like divine intervention. I just got goosebumps. So for a while, I looked at it like... Maybe I'm just on borrowed time and I have to make the most out of life. And I think that mindset kind of fueled me for a little bit. And now I'm like, no, I'm not on borrowed time. I'm supposed to be here. I'm meant to be here. And I don't know. I just think there's purpose in everything. And that was divine intervention. But also like little things like you said, like you never know if someone cuts you off, you know, things that spark this angry response Mm -hmm. could have literally saved your life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great thing to think about and and tangent, but it's a huge thing. What are your thoughts on divine intervention? Um, well, first of all, I'm glad you're still here and I'm glad that you, your mom took you to the ER. Better late than never, but <laughs> yep. whatever. Um, I don't know. I definitely believe that there is divine intervention and like some like God or whatever anyone may believe in helps me like meet other people in my life that are going to benefit, like, you know, teach me and help me grow. Like you, like meeting you, you brought out like the spontaneous side of me and the side that like is okay with adventure and Mm. like open that shell for me. And I feel like right off the bat, when you and I first became friends, like we started like like word vomiting all of our traumas throughout life. And it just like (laughs) built this like total bond. And like that alone, like helped me like be okay to, to talk about, you know, past things that have happened to me. And mm-hmm. I don't know, you grow, like we grow and we meet new people and we stop being friends with other people. And mm-hmm. I feel like everybody along the line is like there to teach you some kind of lesson. hundred percent. So that's my take on it. And of course, like I, people make fun of me because I am so hesitant to pass cars when I'm driving. And I'm like, what if that car was put there for a reason? Like, <laughs> you know, like it's going <laughs> to slow me down so I don't, you know, get into a terrible car accident. But yeah. I can respect that. I pass cars like it's my job. I know. I, <laughs> but I'm just used to driving by myself. If someone's in the car, I try to be a lot better and intentional about driving. But me, I'm like, eh, I'm at peace with that. <laughs> um, but I know that not everyone is at peace with death. And I know that that's something that gives you a lot of anxiety. So where do you think most of that anxiety? Well, I guess like the uncertainty is what gives you anxiety. But can you expand on that? it's just the fear of the unknown and like not knowing what's going to happen you Mm -hmm. know when you die and we could die at any given moment and I feel like I've had so many friends that have died like Mm -hmm. early on and I'm like holy cow like that could have been me or like they're supposed to be here still like experiencing life and growing and Mm -hmm. having families and they're not and it just like kind of really makes me think sometimes like you know don't take life for granted Mm -hmm. and I don't know. So do you think the fear stems more from, well, I don't know what happens after death, like death itself and what that entails? Or do you think it's more a fear of like not being able to accomplish what you want to accomplish in life? I think it's a mix of the two. Mm -hmm. Like it's just the unknown. Like I have a fear of the unknown in literally every single aspect of life. Mm -hmm. And just not knowing where I'm going to go after and like, Sometimes when I like take those big trips or I'm like doing something I really love doing, sometimes I stop and I think like one day I won't be able to do that. One day I'll never experience this happiness or like feel the sand rushing out from between my feet when I'm standing in the ocean. Like you'll never experience that again. And that part is just like, and that freaks me out. (laughs) Yeah. 
Or like eating like your favorite food, like you're eating a brand new food that's just so good and you're like, someday I won't have that. Well, that's one perspective. I think another is one day you'll be able to experience that all again for the first time. And that's incredible. Yeah. But I guess that does boil down to what you believe. And Mm -hmm. if you don't, I mean, like, I don't speak to things with authority because I truly don't know. Like, I have my fan theories and Mm. I kind of put my faith in what feels best for me. But I think for me, a lot of why I don't have fear or anxiety around dying is because I boiled it down to a few different things. Either I'm going to reincarnate and I'm going to become new life and then I just get to keep experiencing all of these incredible things as a human or some other kind of conscious being, which is just that in itself is really exciting for me. Um, Or I go to heaven and I don't know, I just get to live in this divine paradise with all my loved ones, with everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I completely cease to exist and then it doesn't even matter because I won't have awareness that I don't exist, you know? That's just like you're done. That's the part that is like... (laughs) oh my God, what if I just like don't exist anymore and I'm just sleeping for the rest of my, which would be great if I was sleeping for the rest (laughs) of like eternity. But like, I don't know. That is like, sometimes I catch myself getting so deep into that thought that I'm Mm. like, I have to do something else because I'm panicking. (laughs) So what about that specifically is scary to you? Like you can't, you you don't have, like you can't read books, you can't travel. You're just kind of just, sleeping (laughs) but here's the thing if you just cease to exist you don't you you no longer (laughs) exist which means (laughs) those thoughts don't exist which means your consciousness doesn't exist like you don't know that you don't exist because you aren't (laughs) i think that that's the part that like i can't wrap my brain around and i can't really comprehend is like not existing Mm. because how do you do you how not exist (laughs) i hear you I also want to say that that is, that is what I put the least amount of belief into. I won't rule it out as an option because you can't rule out anything really. Yeah. But everything's energy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we still don't know what our souls are. We still don't understand consciousness. So yeah. there is some kind of divine explanation there. Mm-hmm. And if everything is energy and energy just doesn't die, like energy is always there. Mm-hmm then I think for me, logically, is that energy goes somewhere else and it becomes part of a different life. That's true. And that's what feels the most correct for me and that's what feels the most right for me. And I think that's what I think that's why I've been able to find a lot of peace around it. Because before, when I was religious, I had a lot more anxiety around death than I do now. Because I was so fucking scared of getting it wrong somehow, like not being the right Christian, even though they teach you if you accept Jesus as your savior, it doesn't matter. Like you're going to have it no matter what, mm-hmm. which like that I also have an issue with because you could genuinely be a terrible person and make it to heaven. And then by their constructs, you could be a really incredible, loving, kind person and go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, this Something is, is backwards here. Yeah. This isn't adding up for me. <laughs> um, So I had a lot of anxiety around that. I had a lot of anxiety around like, okay, well, I love all these people that I know aren't believers, so they're going to spend an eternity in damnation and I'm going to be in heaven and that doesn't feel fair. Mm -hmm. So I would just be in these thought spirals all the fucking time and constantly trying to sort out like who I'm going to get to spend an eternity in heaven with and who I wasn't going to see anymore. And that was devastating to me. Mm -hmm. And um, 
yeah, it was, it's like the best fucking feeling to not feel that way yeah. anymore. To just accept. Yeah. Accept what is. Yeah, just, I do, I do have a lot of peace in general, and I do have a lot of trust in whatever the divine forces are, that they are benevolent, even though there's so much suffering in the world. I think, I just have a lot of trust. I'll, I'll sum it up there. I don't know who I'm putting my trust into. I know I trust myself and I guess just generically and generally I trust the universe and I don't feel the need to define that and put that into like a box that I can make sense of. Yeah. I just trust. Then that's it. And I'm okay with not knowing the whole blueprints. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I feel good. (laughs) Maybe like my mom brought up a good point. So I was talking to her about like this and she was like, what if we just like go to a whole separate universe where there's like another earth and like we just keep jumping like to different universes. Oh my God. After we die. Fuck yeah. First of all. And I but like that's kind of with reincarnation. I don't think it is limited to earth and I don't think it is limited to this dimension. I totally believe in the multiverse theory and I totally believe that we once we die, we're kind of separate from the conditions that we know Mm-hmm. on this planet and what we are defining time is. Yeah. And also I was reading this book earlier this year called The Druidry Handbook and it's like we don't know much about the druids. Um for those of you who don't know, the druids were this kind of spiritual group in ancient uh Ireland, Wales, Scotland. They're like the Celtic druids. And they were known as like kind of like the sages, the people of wisdom. They're kind of like these magical, mystical people that had a lot of authority over um, society at the time. And we just don't know much about them. There's not a lot of written history, but we've people in modern day have tried to reconstruct Druid beliefs. And um, so I was reading this modern (laughs) book of Druidry and they they were talking about the idea of rebirth, kind of like the perspective of levels, like you level up and you live the life of all of these beings, all of these animals, all of these plants, and then you make it to the next realm. So maybe you start off as plants and you learn all the lessons you need to learn as a plant and then you make it to mammals. You learn all the lessons you need to learn as mammals, even though, you know, I guess people are technically mammals, but then you make it to people like homo sapiens. You learn all the lessons that you need to as a homo sapien. And then they were talking about like these spiritual beings that you now reincarnate as and you learn all these lessons and you just kind of keep going. And I think there's an end point and maybe that was heaven, but I thought that was a really cool perspective. It's like you keep going through these different lifetimes as different types of beings, different species, and you're just learning lessons. And that's kind of the whole point of being, of growing, or of living is to grow and learn every single lesson you possibly can learn. I thought that was a cool perspective. That is a really cool concept. Right? That is cool. Like, I I would buy into that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it makes sense. And that can expand to, yeah, like what you were saying, other dimensions and planets and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, there's just infinite possibility out there. And that's why I get so excited. I'm like, there's no way it ends here. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe someday I'll jump on the bandwagon. Like, I'm excited to die. (laughs) (laughs) Today is just not that day. (laughs) I don't want that to be the takeaway. I don't want to get anyone excited to die. (laughs) I'm not excited about death. I'm excited about the possibility of what's next. I, I, I'm very excited about life. 
I'm so excited to be here and to be living life, and I want to live as joyfully long as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. However, I am also excited for what comes next. <laughs> okay. I have no death wish. <laughs> no one out there needs to worry. Oh, dear God. Um, have you ever seen Horton Hears a Who? I, I have seen this movie. Okay, so you know how they have, like, the little dandelion with the speck on it, right? Yeah. Okay, what if that's, like, us? What if we're on a speck? Like, our world is just on a speck, and but a there's, like... elephant is watching us yes, right now. Yeah. Like, what if our life, like, our whole humanity and everything is based upon a giant doofy elephant that's holding us in his hand, in his trunk? Honestly... Not ruling it out. <laughs> I mean, it's a pos- it could be a possibility. It's a possibility. Or like that, um, remember Men in Black? That yes. The, the little collar mm-hmm. on the pug was a whole fucking like galaxy or some shit. Yeah. Not ruling that out either. Like yeah. it, there are infinite possibilities. Okay. Have you seen everything, everywhere, all at once? I have not. Oh. <laughs> oh no. I will say, if you don't like art house movies... It might take a good 20 to 30 minutes to kind of get into. At first, you might be like, what the fuck am I watching? Mm -hmm. The whole movie is about kind of the multiverse theory. And uh, without spoiling too much, basically, this woman who is really unhappy with her life um, gets visited by her husband, but from another dimension. There's a way that they travel to another dimension, but they just kind of jump into the body of their alternate person in that dimension. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyways, it's a really, really cool movie, and I think it is a really cool perspective. I think you'd like it. Yeah. I think you would like it. Um, that kind of sounds like Interstellar a little bit. Have you seen that? I have seen I love Interstellar as like well. Like the ending of it. Yeah. it's. I think conceptually, it's pretty different, but this idea of the library scene in Interstellar, mm-hmm. and if you haven't seen Interstellar, what I'm talking about is... There's a point in the movie where Matthew McConaughey is in space and he goes through, I think, a black, he went through a black hole. Yeah. And he ends up in a library and he's looking through these little holes in the library. And suddenly he's seeing a scene from his life previously where he was with his daughter in the library at their home. And it wasn't like a memory that he's looking into, it was that actual time and moment in his life. Like, there, like time is just kind of this library and you can kind of poke through and go to these different times because it's nonlinear. And that's also, yeah, okay. So I can see, I can see the similarities then between what I was just describing with everything everywhere all at once in Interstellar. Is that on Netflix? It's not. It, I don't think so. But I also own it. So if you want to have a movie night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. We will do that. And to you, the listener, I can't recommend both of those movies enough, but especially Everything Everywhere All at Once. That has become one of my favorite movies now. Um, so go watch it. Sounds it. really good. It's incredible. And it has so many good, like, it has such a powerful message behind it. Every time I watch it, the last 30 minutes, I'm just bawling my eyes out. <laughs> so, yeah. I have two more ideas. Okay. Really quick ones. Let's do it. Okay. Afterlife. Mm-hmm. unfinished business kind of thing mm-hmm. do you think that like if somebody close to you passes away and something happens like for example my grandpa passed away and he was super into his garden like he always tended to his garden mm-hmm. and i moved into his house and i ripped up one of his bulbs to his plant mm-hmm. and 
<laughs> like 30 seconds after I did that, he has like this like white picket fence in the garden and it literally fell out of the ground and like nailed me in the head. And I was like, oh my God, isn't my grandpa punishing me for ripping out his plants? Like that kind of thing. Like people that have died can just like check in mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like kind of make themselves known sort of. Yeah. Almost like a paranormal kind of thing, but like not really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I 100% believe in it. Yeah. That, and this goes back to my, I like to believe that life after death is a choose your own adventure because mm-hmm. <laughs> but also okay this is where it starts to get beyond my comprehension of what i like metaphysics and all this because i i haven't looked into it too much and i don't have a really good grasp on everything but it's also like how you are kind of existing outside of time at that point so mm-hmm. like maybe i've already been reborn into another lifetime but also i'm gonna go haunt anna you know yeah. i don't know it's like <laughs> it's crazy i'm gonna check in real quick <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so but no i 100 percent believe in ghosts and the afterlife and i think that um just my own personal life and like so many stories from people that I know mm-hmm. about like being haunted or receiving messages from past loved ones. Yeah. I, like, and that's crazy that that <laughs> like, see that, that's not feel like way too much of a coincidence. Way too much. Cause it, that thing was like in the ground with like stakes decently big and it just like fell over randomly. Yeah. So weird. Like, I feel like that was a hundred percent your grandpa saying what the fuck dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, <why laughs> not my bulb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did that freak you out or was it more like, hi, grandpa? It was more like, hey, sorry, (laughs) my bad. (laughs) I love that. Um, The second one. So I read this book a couple years ago called 90 Minutes in Heaven. Mm -hmm. It's about this guy. Um, I really only read like the first couple chapters because I got bored. But anyways, um, he's in a car accident and uh, he dies in the Mm -hmm. car accident for 90 minutes. Like he can see like the first responders working on it and they have him in the ambulance like they're bringing him back to life but as they're bringing him or trying to he sees jesus and like the like the white light that like everyone's like don't go to the white light Mm -hmm. and then he comes back to his body and this is like a real story that he wrote about his own life and it makes me think like sometimes i'm just like and this is so morbid to think about but like sometimes i'm just driving my car and i'm like if i got into an accident and it killed me what i know like, would my last moment be, like, you know, seeing whatever I was hitting and dying? Or would it just be, like, I woke up in another life? Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, that's always so weird to me. Like, would I know that I died? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I even have a thought on that. Like, I think I need to, like, I don't know. And, like, the amount of people that, like, obviously as a first responder, I've had people die i've Mm -hmm. brought one person back to life and like just like knowing that like i'm working on a dead body like are they watching me like are they hovering above the ambulance like watching me while i'm doing cpr like it's just so weird to think about like do we know that we die yeah or is it like an out-of-body experience kind of thing i don't know i've also seen a lot of videos and read stories and heard stories about people that have temporarily died and some of them do recount like astral projection almost like they they tell the story as if like okay i'm floating at the ceiling of my hospital room and i'm Mm -hmm. seeing someone perform cpr my dead body and like people have quote-unquote died and come back and like they do describe that which i think is really interesting and like a lot of people have different experiences as well which is 
again, why I kind of think it is a little bit of a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah. <laughs> because, I don't know. And then someone talks about an experience like that with a certain amount of, like, passion and conviction. Like, I believe them. And even if someone says something and then someone says something that completely contradicts that, it's like, you can kind of tell when someone's believing what they're saying and being truthful. Yeah. So, I don't... It's why I'm, like... I get goosebumps thinking about it. I get so excited thinking about it because I'm, like, there's so many possibilities and all of those possibilities can literally all exist at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so cool. But, yeah, that's an interesting thought. And I, like... You being a first responder, it's, like, starting to make sense now now that I'm thinking about it, like, why this is always on your mind. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you are there firsthand seeing it. And yeah. I, I can't even imagine how that would affect me and my thought process but that makes so much sense and here I am understanding you a little bit better now yeah like the last one I had was some guy who was just getting into a shower butt booty naked and passed away like literally climbing into the shower like he didn't slip and fall it just happened it just happened wow like I think he had a heart attack or something but down he went and there I was opening the door like okay (laughs) oh my goodness yeah I don't know Wow, it could have really happened at any time. That yeah, that's why I'm like, oh, mm. you're like, I'm so excited, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to say again, <laughs> not excited today. <laughs> Just excited about the possibilities. Um, what a fun topic. Yeah, that was fun. Honestly, this might be one of my favorite episodes so far. Like, I think I have released so much, like talking to someone else about it, and like other people are gonna listen to it and be Fuck like, yeah. yeah. That for, okay, that made me so happy because that's exactly what I want out of this podcast. I yeah. just want people to come talk about whatever they need to get off of their chest. And my goal is for someone to walk out my door feeling a little bit lighter or yeah. like, I don't know, better in general. Okay, I had this deck of cards that I was going to pull. Uh, should we just fucking do it anyway? Yeah, and we'll just, just okay, so I just mentioned this in my last episode, but I bought a few decks of cards um, this one is the meaning of life, and I think what I might start doing in this podcast is pulling a card uh, with every guest if they're up for it. So yeah, this is the meaning of life deck. I'm shuffling the cards, and I'm just gonna pull a random one, and we'll just breeze through this, and then we'll wrap up. All right, <laughs> breeze through the meaning of life. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Anna. Oh. Oh boy. Wow. We're getting personal. What would you like to change about yourself? <laughs> I could pull another one if if you want to do another one. No, this one's okay. Okay. I would change nothing physical. I think... Period. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) I think um, the way I handle situations... I wish I was more patient. Mm. I wish I would change um, my outlook on certain things, such as my patience level. Um, (laughs) And I don't know, just how I address certain things. Like when I get conflicted... Um, I wish I was more, like, I had more grace for myself. Mm. I don't know. I wish I was able to, like, prioritize things when shit starts hitting the fan. I'm like, everything all at once has to, like, be going on and, like, I have to fix everything all at once. I wish I could just, like, lay things out and then tackle each and individual thing. Mm -hmm. Because I can't. Mm. (laughs) But, yeah, that's what I would change. What would you change? Ooh. I think right now the biggest thing I would change about myself is... um, aligning my action with my vision because I'm so fucking good at daydreaming Mm -hmm. and setting these big goals for myself but when push comes to shove my action is not where I I, what I want it to be and then it's not in alignment with the amount that I daydream (laughs) 
but that is something that I am, I am getting better at. But um, I've been listening to. Do you know Brene Brown? I do not. Okay, everyone that is listening, and you, Anna, you need to invite Brene Brown into your life. She is. I think she's a soci- sociologist. Um, I don't know if that's her official title, but she has dedicated her life to researching shame. She's also like a really big. Uh, she's a really good public speaker. I think she kind of became famous from a TED talk that she did. And it was one of the most viewed TED Talks ever. And she has a book called, um, I think, Atlas of the Heart. She has a Netflix special called The Call to Courage, which is how I found her. And I can't recommend it enough. Mm-hmm. Anyways, one of the things that she talks about is you can't shame yourself to change. And one of my favorite quotes, not by her, by someone else, but it's a basically summary of her work. You can't shame yourself into change. You have to love yourself into evolution something Ooh. like that and it's so good so I have learned a lot of how to be graceful with myself in my adult life and especially in the last year and a half since getting out of my relationship and losing my identity and like the power of your inner monologue so when I pulled this question I cringed initially <laughs> because I'm like I hate nitpicking things that I don't like about myself and I think the narrative should be the ways that I want to grow I don't know I think mm-hmm. words hold such power so it's not necessarily like things that I want to change about myself, but just things that things that I can water. Yeah, some <laughs> like, TLC. Yeah, a little bit of TLC. Um, and you said one of the things that you want to work on is like having grace with yourself. That is huge. That's been like one of the most pivotal things for me is like how I talk to myself, I guess, is how yeah. I word it. I can pinpoint the day that this changed for me. And the day I started using my words more intentionally with myself. And it was at our workplace. (laughs) Oh, no. Like five years ago, maybe. I was holding the door open for someone in like really high status, like one of the higher ups. um, CJ, actually. Mm. And he opened his hand out for a high five. And for some reason, it just didn't process in my head what he was doing. And I took my index finger and I just pushed it against his hand. <laughs> like, I didn't high-five him. I just pointed at his hand, but, like, my index finger made contact with his palm. And he just looks at my finger and looks at me. And I'm just so embarrassed. And, I'm just, and he's like, I was I was going for the high-five, but I, that works, I guess. And my initial reaction was I was so embarrassed. This was at a time in my life where... I had so much social anxiety in general and I felt so awkward and I made awkward my entire personality. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting in my car after that and I was the shade of this fake fireplace that's on yep. my TV right now. And my initial reaction was like, I'm so fucking stupid. I'm so fucking stupid and such an embarrassment. And something within me was like, you know what? Stop it. Stop it. We're not doing this anymore. We're not doing this. And then I stopped and I said, you know what? Thank you, Jessica. For keeping life so entertaining for me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Th- and that is what I started doing. Anytime I started having these feelings of shame rise within me, mm-hmm. I would stop that thought in its track and I would reform the narrative. And instead of saying, I'm so dumb for that, I'd say, I would think myself like, thank you for keeping life entertaining or like some other times when I was ashamed of like how I handled something I'd stop and I'd hug myself or like rub my leg like a partner would you know? 
And I would I would say it's okay. We're gonna learn. We're gonna grow. It's okay. I forgive you. And it's that. like you're kind of talking to someone else, but you're talking to yourself. Yeah. Because I think your relationship to yourself it should be how you would want it to be with any other person that you love. Yes. Especially like a partner or mm-hmm. like a child. Like yes. sometimes I parent myself the way I wish my parents would have parented me. You know. <gasps> Don't get us started on that. <laughs> I know we could do a whole other episode. And maybe, I think that would be actually a really good one for yeah. us to come back and do if you are open to it, like yeah, childhood absolutely. trauma and stuff like that. So absolutely, I'm excited to have you back for that. I can never yeah. see it. Sorry, I just, I keep tangenting. <laughs> no, it's totally like, I love it. Okay. And it makes me really happy that you had that like great epiphany of like thanking yourself instead of being frustrated with yourself. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to be like you when I grow up. Oh my God. <laughs> I have a lot of admiration for you. Stop. I'm so serious. Who you are as a person. First of all, (laughs) I've spent so much time on this podcast talking, but I just have to stop and say, just like, look at what you do in your life. You are a volunteer firefighter in EMT, first and foremost. Like you are a first responder. You are throwing yourself into action for the betterment of society. (laughs) Like that around you. Like you are so incredibly selfless. You have so much care and compassion for people even if you say you don't, (laughs) you can say you hate people, but you are just such a wonderful, exquisite human being. And I am better off knowing you. Like I am better for knowing you. So you, thanks. You are also who I want to be. Like you're so fucking cool. Well, I guess it's good. We're going to grow together. So absolutely. Yeah. Those are the best friendships where like we just bring different things to the table and we can inspire each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where it's at right there. Yeah. Love having people in my life like that. Yeah. Okay, well, Anna, I'm going to transition us to the wrap-up. You've listened to a couple of episodes now, Mm -hmm. so you know how I end these. What is one simple joy that brings you joy on a day-to-day basis, or just in general? You already know the answer. Do I? My Cooper song? Mm, Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The doggo. My guy. Yeah. That makes sense. He brings me so much joy just thinking about him, and I only met him for 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it takes. That's a brilliant, brilliant joy. That doesn't feel like a simple joy. That feels like a really complex, beautiful, just spiritual joy. (laughs) But I'll take it. That's That's a good one. Okay. Well, Anna, thank you so much for bringing these topics today. I am so... I love these topics. I could not have thought of a better topic to talk about today. So thanks for bringing it. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for being on the show. And I can't wait to have you back. Until then. Thank you, Anna. Mm -hmm. PCP out.